I, I, I maybe I did play at least a little bit too much. Oh, Judas Priest! <laughs> you won't hear us playing Judas Priest, but you will be hearing an entertaining sports show with myself, Frank, and David the Man of God Harris on WSUT's After Further Review, airing Saturdays 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. and throughout the week with our replay 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. on Toledo's only alternative and your on-campus radio station 88.3 WXUT. Oh, Judas Priest! <laughs> Facebook page, WHT's After Further Review, kind of boosted our post a little bit, get it around there, but we're live in the WHT studios until 1 o'clock, and then they got Rocket Women's Basketball at 2 o'clock versus Eastern Michigan, and then they go down south to play that Dirty Bird team in the poop and orange, as mm. we like to call it. The pumpkin and poop. poop right there. <laughs> uh, yes. And uh, battle of first place teams, the first place team in the MAC West versus the Mac first place team in the MAC East. I'll probably be at home watching it on ESPN Plus, but I might tune in to WXUT. Hopefully, they have it up online and on your left of the dial on 88.3. But we got David, the man of God, Harris on the telephone from Columbus. And we'll talk a little bit about the Super Bowl and the American Alliance Football League. The Alliance of American Football. Whatever. It's on CBS Sports uh, Network. I believe it airs. Today on CBS Sports Network and another network it's on. I think it might be. Fox. I think it's on CBS. No, and if it's on, no, it's on the CBS Sports Network and it's also on the NFL Network. I don't think it might be a couple games on the regular CBS Network, but I know the CBS Sports Network has a few games. I know for sure, and the NFL Network has it. Yeah, Bill Polian is in that league too, so it's pretty legit. Doesn't really have no big names yet, big name coaches, but no big name players. Yeah. It's very true. Yeah, because I will, but we'll uh, let David get into that. I've actually got their website up right now. And but we're not getting into that just yet. We're actually, you know, hopefully, we're gonna... hopefully it's not like the first time the XFL. Well, the XFL is coming in next year. Yeah, 2020. Right, we'll <laughs> talk a little bit about the Super Bowl as we bring in David. What's up, David? I mean, if we have to talk about the Super Bowl, I mean, I'd rather actually talk about American the Alliance because those games actually may be more exciting than the Super Bowl. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, David. I mean, I understand that it was thirteen to three, but the game was close in the fourth quarter. It was a defensive battle, and you know that was going to happen with Bill Belichick, the grandfather of football, basically right now. He's sixty-six years old against the young whippersnapper and Sean McVay, who, by the way, what school did he go to? What is Miami of Ohio? And the Super Bowl MVP went to? Julian Elman, who played at Kent State mm-hmm. and was a quarterback, was never invited to the NFL Combine. And had he not been drafted by the Patriots, he probably would not have been in the NFL. And actually, initially when he got drafted by the Patriots, and he was actually in training camp, he was actually a punt returner. Yeah. Yeah. He did a lot of stuff on special teams, and I also think he played defense, too, and then eventually— Oh, yeah, he did. He actually—I do remember him playing both sides of the ball. Yeah, and then eventually he became the slot receiver, but 
it, it, some people would say that if you're an NFL purist or football purist, you would have liked this game more than the entertaining factor. Now, I watched the halftime show with Maroon 5. I thought it wasn't too bad. A little irritated with my dad because he tried to turn up the music like we were actually at the concert. Mm-hmm. And he has a really great sound system, but at the same time, though, it's like, dude, we're not at the, really uh-huh. at the concert, so just turn it down and eat it your wings. And just enjoy the show. It would have been better if they would have brought Andre 3000 out, have a reunion, an outcast reunion. And they only got one song, too. I think Travis big, got, one, got yeah, one song, too. Yeah, the, yeah, and they gave Big Boy only one. They should have just brought, brought Andre 3000 and Big Boy and had him do Hey Ya. Yeah, I mean, they could have. But we get back. I mean, that's kind of sad that you, you remember all that and not the, really the Super Bowl. But, David, you're a football purist. I mean, you pretty much eat football for breakfast. What did you think of the Super Bowl? I mean, well, while I agree like with the, April, you know, the yeah, defensive yeah. kind of football game, and probably for the most part, like I was watching it. You know, I did tune out a little bit midway through the second quarter because after a while, punt, punt, punt. But I think kind of the difference between the casual fan and the purist is that the purist will look at that game and recognize early on, hey, Jared Goff, they're basically – Bill Belichick is basically isolating Jared Goff, and regardless of what happened with Todd Gurley, whether he's injured, not injured, that's a whole other storyline that the LA media is probably left, right, and center tackling it. It was basically Bill Belichick forcing the Rams offense to beat them with their weakness, which is Jared Goff. And one of the things that kind of after, after the game talking about other analysts kind of were able to talk about this and kind of so with the new headsets and how coaches talk into the monitors, the quarterbacks, the feed plays, that shuts off after 15 seconds. And so what happened is that Jared Goff will get one play kind of based upon how the defense was lined up. But then after that 15 second, you know, play clock ran down, the Patriots would switch their defense. And so it was really forced Jared Goff to kind of look at the field a different way and kind of force him to do those in-game adjustments, on-field adjustments in the fly, and he just didn't do it. And so while you give credit to the Patriots defense, which they should have gotten an MVP award, at least probably Stephon Gilmore probably would have been the best candidate, you also have to give credit to the way that they got pressure on Jared Goff, forced him to run, forced him to be mobile, really said, hey, you're, you're going to be the guy to beat us. Point and simple. And we saw Jared Goff was running for his life. I mean, basic, really basic high school quarterback mistake. Like, if you're running around pressure, just throw the ball away. Don't take the sack 10, 12 yards. Don't throw it. If you're going to throw it away, definitely don't throw it inbound, which is what led to that game-clinching interception, if you want to call it that, at the four-yard line in the fourth quarter when the game was still manageable. And then, like, I don't. if I'm a Rams fan, I don't know what else we could have asked for other than Jared Goff playing better and Todd Gurley hurt, injured, whatever, him on the field. The, the defense held their own for a good three-and-a-half quarters. Like, if you're holding the Patriots offense, yeah, Tom Brady was going to get his yards. Yeah, Julian Edelman 
get his 10 catches for whatever yard. But it really wasn't that much of a dominant performance from Tom Brady. Like, he was dang average. And I, I think at the end, the Browns defense was like, look, man, like, what else do we need to do? We're holding who people are calling the greatest NFL player of all time to three points and three quarters, and you out here pooping a hammer. And I think once the dam finally cracked and they had that long sustained drive with a couple of big plays that led to that touchdown from Sonny Michelle, then it was like, all right, now Jared Goff, now you actually have for the first time pretty much since that Monday night football game against the Chiefs, we need you to like lead us down the field, inspire, motivate. And he just couldn't do it. And one of the things in my you know, pregame three keys of the game, I think the Rams have to have long offensive drives, keep the Patriots offense on the sideline, and they just couldn't do it. And I mean, the both defenses played well. It was just one quarterback is confident in the playoffs and you know, is able to read defenses and everything, and one just needs a head coach to do it for him. Which is says a lot, but he'll learn, hopefully. Uh, do you still think that he's an offensive genius, Sean McVay? I mean, everyone was saying this guy is the boy genius. And I actually thought that the sco- the game was going to actually have some high scoring in it. I, I thought with the Rams, but they didn't really use Gurley too much. Do you think it was one of those situations where he kind of overthink, think, over was kind of overthinking the game a little bit too much with the game plan? Kind of reminds me, and some people said this, kind of like Jason Kanda when he was the offensive coordinator with the Rockets, where maybe he was getting a little too cute with the play calling. I mean, I can see that. I'm really curious kind of with the end, you know, end of the season and figure out what's Todd Gurley hurt to what extent was he hurt. Because by the time you get to February, everyone's got something bothering them. Ain't no player 100% healthy by the time you get to February. And so I was, I think me and a lot of people were surprised that Hey, why isn't Todd Gurley getting more? Put him out there if he, you know, if he's got something, you know, give him a shot at Hennessy. Let him run out there, you know, and play through the adrenaline. And then after the game, we have an entire David, David, back, David, back up a minute. You really think Todd Gurley was gonna hit the Henny a la J.R. Smith? Come on, man. You I mean, hit, hit okay. the heady after the game, not during. Come on. We saw that well, debacle already. Well, I mean, one, you're in Atlanta. I mean, for the culture, too. I mean, in that interview that Clinton Porter said, he preferred taking you know, a single shot than getting, you know... Well, if if Clinton Portis jumped off the tallest building in Atlanta, I don't think Todd Gurley should do the same. I mean, Todd Gurley's legs are a little bit better than Clinton Portis. I mean, he is all pro. Let's let's use common sense here. Come on. (laughs) But, I mean, some people say that, you know, getting shot up with all those jugs and stuff before the game, you know, to numb everything, I'm just saying if Todd Gurley, even if he's at 90, 95%, at least having him out there 
gives the defense something to anticipate, something to have to be mindful of, even if he plays a little bit of a decoy. And then, yeah, that goes back to head coaching. But then that's also, at some point, if I'm talking early, I'm like, look, man, this is the Super Bowl. We may, we are not guaranteed to get back here again. So it's like, play through it, treatment, whatever you got to do after the game. But for those 60 minutes, hey, sometimes you just got to usurp the coach. I mean, I know he's only like 10 years older than you, but you got to go out there on the field. And I think that does play a little bit as to McVay overthinking it, kind of trying to, I don't want to say he was conservative with his play calling, but he really put a lot in Jared Goff, knowing that Jared Goff still not, like you can say he's earned his stripes a little bit, but like he's not that all pro. He's not that franchise altering quarterback. We said that when he came out of Cal with him and Wentz. Yeah. Like, like I mean, uh, yeah, because the only thing I remember about him was everyone saying that he had the uh, that he had small hands and like, oh, this guy. I mean, I, and people were saying, oh, he's gonna be a bust and. Well, of course he hasn't, but also at the same time, he hasn't been an, an elite quarterback. I mean, he's been, he ha, he's had he's had a couple of solid years. Give him that, but don't hey. but don't throw him up to the top. And by the way, uh, currently joined by the basketball coach at Ida on Facebook Live, Jared Jansen. Jared, I'll see you on Thursday. Uh, did you did you did, did you tell Jared about how? Uh, you're Benedict Arnold, and <laughs> I'm just not going there. I just told just told him I'd see him on Thursday. Okay, Jared Jansen, he so he's listening right now. He's the Ida coach, and Jordan Bolin is the Vikings coach Dundee. Yes, okay. Schools that you've been affiliated either by alumnus or working for and doing their social media pages. That is true. Okay, so is it at Ida? Yes, it is. Will you get booed? Will they have a picture that says Benedict Arnold? <laughs> well, uh, well, they, they, everyone was pretty civil to me when uh, they came to. Well, they came to Dundee. Well, did remember? Isn't this your ten-year reunion? Uh, no, that will that would have been uh, two years ago. That would have been a year. That would have been uh, two years ago in the summer. Okay, okay. Did you go to the ten-year reunion? Uh, I, I did not. I had something else I had to take care of, unfortunately. Be part of Dundee Bass. No, it's just... <laughs> <laughs> no. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, the, the big... It's not... Is it really a rivalry, Dundee and ID? Or Dundee Ida? and Ida? Yeah. Uh, in basketball, this is this is Tobacco Road in Monroe County High School basketball. Is it the LCAA? Yes. Okay, because I saw it in the paper. They were mentioning different standings and stuff with the LCAA. Lenawee County Athletics Association. Which, so this is like Duke in North Carolina, or is it, it more like Duke, Virginia that's coming up tonight? It's more. It's Duke, North Carolina. It's like, this is this, I mean, I I said this to several people and. Including a couple of them from the Monroe News that this is Monroe, this is Tobacco Road for Monroe County High School basketball. It's more like, yeah, it's more like Alfalfa Road. Don't you guys grow alfalfa out there or something like that? Uh, they grow hay. Hay. This is well, Hay Road over here. No, no, no. There, there's a lot of crops to grow, but I just say it's it, a lot it's, of crops. It, it is basically Monroe County's version of Tobacco Road. If I remember correctly, earlier in when we did the show, you used to wear a lot of Ida stuff. Do you still do, or did you throw that stuff away when you became part of Dundee? 
It did not get thrown away. I can say that for a fact. Uh, okay, but you don't wear it as much because I remember. I believe in that picture with you with the horse's head. You actually uh, uh, have the 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 Ida Blue Street hat is in the picture. I don't deny that it is right. So, but that was back in the day though. That like when you were that was way Ida, back when right, you was repping Ida, just like you was repping that uh, Shannon Brown jersey while playing basketball. Remember that picture? Oh yeah, that, the About whole ten year you, challenge. Yeah, get you a little dunk in. But keep going with the Super Bowl. We'll kind of wrap this up because we'll go and talk about the Alliance of American Football League. I thought I, this is where I this is what I thought about the Super Bowl. And I knew this was going to happen. When you have a dynamic Super Bowl the year before, the next year the the next year's Super Bowl is always a letdown because you can't live up to that Super Bowl between the Patriots and the Eagles, and that was a great Super Bowl. And that, they're, they're just, it's just not going to happen two years in a row. Well, it, it kind of did when, uh, when the whole tw- the whole Falcons go twenty eight three, and then Tom Brady says, "Hold my beer and watch this." And and then what was the Super Bowl the year after that? Was it the no, no? It was no. It would have been Patriots Falcons was was uh, the year before or last. Right, right. But that eh. and that and but then before that was uh, Panthers and Broncos. That was kind of a dud. That was a dud. And so, then you had a then you had a great one with Seahawks and Patriots right. the whole where people say that was the worst call in Super right, Bowl history. Football, right, right, <laughs> I, right. I digress on that one. I think it was probably Lee Dan that was uh, Kyle Shanahan not deciding to run the football on third down to kick a field goal because that point there's probably no chance. That- now Saints fans were happy that the Rams lost because they think they shouldn't have been there. But I, I figured that this Super Bowl was going to probably be a little bit of a letdown. And Bill Belichick showed why he's the superior coach. He's been doing it for years. Yeah. And as David said, Sean McVay has a ways to go. And they quickly, they quickly rose up there too. I mean, they just got to L.A. But it is kind of interesting. How is it that um, Jeff Fisher has this team and they can't go nowhere and he takes over for – the team and they get to the Super Bowl in like two years. Probably because Sean McVay has a better clue as to what he's doing. But is Jared Goff really a talented quarterback? Some people were saying that Sean McVay's coaching has really elevated uh, Jared Goff, which is true, but when the Patriots came in there and kind of threw some a wrench in there and everything wasn't scripted for Goff and he had to kind of go on his own talents, some people say he's exposed. Would you agree with that, David? Yeah, I mean, we saw it in the Super Bowl when, like I was saying, when the headset comes off and the you know, Bill Belichick and Brian Flores, you know, switched up the defense to give him a different look. We saw Jared Goff under pressure, didn't know where, like, missed open reads, running the ball pressure, didn't know how to audible, tell his offensive lineman what was coming. And so, yeah, a lot of that, some of that comes with experience, some of that comes with being in the film room and being around but then it's also you have to give credit where credit is due to you know the defensive kind of abilities of the Patriots where they knew hey this young quarterback he's good he's going to have all the pressure in the world I still think Jeff Fisher was on the sideline for the Rams or the Patriots and Jared Goff saw him and then it's like went back to eight and eight Jared Goff and it's like you want him to learn from this, and hopefully he will because still young in this league, so has a long way to go. He, he seems like he's a good guy, but I'm wondering what his feeling is. Because if it, 
if you aren't if you're not able to at this level be able to adjust on the fly and you're making some basic mistakes like not being able to get rid of the ball, holding on to the ball too long. Uh, just some of those simple things. Like they're small but they're but the things that if they start piling up, you notice them. And so for me I'm looking and thinking, okay, where are we gonna go from here? It's just feeling kinda like I like I don't even know where his like comparable would be. Like, is it kind of how Andy Reid was in Philadelphia working with McNabb? Is it something similar to Mr. Trubisky right now? Is it a Jeff Garcia? Is it a, you know, Steve Young? Like, is it a Peyton Manning? Like, well, I mean, like, that's like high, high, high feeling, but it's like, where, where, where is this feeling? I, don't, I I I I think with the I think golf is a guy that you need an excellent coach with him. I think he's not on that level of an Aaron Rodgers or of a Tom Brady where if he does go up to the line of scrimmage and he sees something, he can change the play and just rely on his talents and his IQ. I think he's going to be one of those guys where it has to be scripted for him, because I don't. I think I think he's a he's talented enough to be in the NFL, but he's one of those guys where you're going to have to have balance. And I think the Patriots kind of figured that out. They knew that he was scripted, and they knew that well, okay, we'll take away your running game if if Gurley can't get going. You know what? This is going to be a game where golf is going to have to win it for you, and he couldn't win. Now they now they got stayed in the game, but then again, though they got the Rams have a pretty good defense. They're no slouches either. But I think the Patriots' game plan was we're going to take something away, and we're going to take away that dynamic running game because basically, if you have a great running game, it opens everything up for the quarterback. Think about it; you can run the play action and, and, and stuff like that, yeah. and, and you know you don't know if they're going to run on you or get the play action, he starts hitting darts with the receivers. And they said, you know what, we'll take away this running game. They even said, you know, we're not falling for the misdirection stuff. Just just shoot the gaps. And if you can get a hand on someone, get a hand on someone through the line. And that's what they went with. And it it worked. They basically said, Jared Goff, you're going to beat us today. It's going to be mano and mano, pound for pound, you versus Brady. Yeah. And Brady, well, Brady won by giving it to Julian Edelman, who, by the way, Here's a question. Should he be considered on Hall of Fame status? I would say yes. Uh, great in the postseason, but regular season stats, kind of mediocre. Well, just put him in. Read uh, that slot, that no, slot receiver that. position. Uh, I mean, in the Hall of his Fame. His stats are almost uh, identical to Isaac Bruce's, and he ain't nowhere sniffing the Hall of Fame. And he was part of those great Ram teams, Isaac Bruce. Well, Edelman's probably still got a I mean, Edelman's got some, a couple more years. And let's say he has a couple outstanding regular seasons and a couple more playoffs. I mean, the, the story's not written yet. We haven't closed the book on him. But I, right now, I wouldn't uh, uh, go that far. Uh, now, talk about the, the Alliance of American Football League. Uh, what you got on that, David? Yeah, so this, this new league that everyone's excited about, people are say, trying to say that it's kind of trying to compete with the NFL, but I think it's more of a complimentary give you something, some kind of like football to watch in between spring ball or into the Super Bowl 
and then I guess Hall of Fame game is when the some purists get in touch with it. Like I'm watching spring ball and uh, spring practice and all that stuff, so like I'm the exception. But for the casual fan, they're not going to watch until week three of the preseason. And so this new league, American, you know, it's American football, two games on tonight, the San Diego Fleet and San, there's San Diego, San Antonio, or Atlanta, Orlando, depending on where you're at. It's just kind of, I don't want to say it's a XFL white, but it's just a sample of getting professional football. And so, you know, they're talking a little bit earlier about some big names that were just not having any recognizable names. And I guess bringing in a little bit of hometown Ohio-ish, kind of the biggest star that they're publicizing is the former running back for the Cleveland Browns, Trent Richardson, which, like, in terms of popularity, people recognize, know the name, Alabama. I don't know how much he weighed when he was in Cleveland. But then you also have some players like Scooby Ride. You have Shoelace for those kind of an hour north who recognize, remember Denar Robinson in his heyday. So they have a little bit of NFL, guys that didn't pan out, second chance kind of guy. So, but it's basically a league where you just continue to play the game. It's not a second shot at the NFL because most of these players have been in the league, not worked out for one reason or another, too small, too, just didn't cut it. But there's some recognizable names, and if you like football, you'll, I think you'll like the, Mar- you know, the Alliance. If you like football, so it's got to be for the purists. I mean, because, you know, most casual fans, they're looking for the stars. I mean, I'm, lo- I'm looking at uh, the uh, Arizona Hot Shots. Let's see. Here's a quarterback that some fans will recognize, Trevor Knight. Mm-hmm. Had a st- was at Oklahoma, then he had a cup of coffee with Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. That's probably the most recognizable quarterback in back there. There, uh, as for wide receivers, the one I recognize, Josh Huff, out of Oregon, and oh, what have we here? A former Toledo Rocket played for the Hot Shots, Brant Weiss. Oh, vaguely remember him but i remember him yes was he uh he was a tight end wasn't he uh, no? he's a he's listed as an offensive he's a lineman. lineman yeah yeah he's an offensive lineman i was about to say he's a, he's a tight end but I remember he's an offensive lineman yeah yeah i'm just going through their defense see if there's anybody i recognize uh yeah scoop david mentioned scooby Wright. he's a linebacker here for the hot shots raheem moore i believe he uh I believe he had a cup of coffee with the Denver, he was with the the soup the Denver Broncos when they were in one of their recent Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. Well, former Patriots Sterling Moore. Oh, okay. Well, I reckon that's the name I recognize. Uh, well, we gotta get out of here because we gotta get to our next yeah. topic. Because remember, we gotta get uh, to NBA talk and also Izzo. So we got twenty. Uh, 18 minutes so you know we got to chop it up here no long segments remember two o'clock at wxut sports with brandon hill guy i trained actually <laughs> fun fun fact i actually 
He actually uh, does uh, the clock at Jefferson High School. Really? Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. Because I was sitting next to him when we went down to was Jefferson. And he looks at me he's like, uh, you know, he's like, you know, Derek. I was like, yeah, I do. <laughs> oh, okay. I see. Small that man's world, all over. That man's all over the place, just like me. <laughs> oh, Brandon. Oh yeah. Yeah, he's doing Jefferson High School. So anyway, you listen to eighty-eight point three, which is after for the review. When we return, talk a little bit about NBA trade deadline. Then we'll finish up the show with talking a little bit about. Uh, uh, Tom Izzo, is he on the hot seat? Is he getting a little too old for the game? That's something that David, the man of God here, has brought up. I think it's blasphemy. But we'll talk a little bit about that and more here on 88.3 WXUT.